Uh, good evening, y'all. Um, if I don't know you, my name is Jason. I am the lead pastor here at the house, and uh, tonight we get the distinct honor and privilege of hearing the gospel of Jesus proclaimed to us by our brother Caleb Ferris. Um, I remember, uh, I remember uh, hearing Caleb's name a lot when he was a freshman. Um, I didn't know much about him, but but there was uh, some guys on our staff that knew Caleb fairly well, and some older students that did, and, and what I heard was wonderful, but I, I never got to know Caleb that well until probably your last year in college, really, and not even that well then. But I remember, like, on Tuesday nights, Caleb would walk in with, it seemed like different people every Tuesday. I don't, I don't know, but it seemed like every week there would just be other men who seemed to trust Caleb in, in his invitation to come here and worship Jesus in this place. Um, so I was very intrigued when uh, Caleb applied to work with the house. Um, I knew Caleb was, I knew Caleb, Caleb did a student internship program with us, and I remember, um, I didn't ask if I could say this, but I, I remember like, we, we, I'd be sitting, like, on my, I remember on my deck in particular, there was like all the student interns hanging out, and we're all talking, and Caleb would be like sitting on a chair, his feet kicked up, he's just kind of biting his nails, looking out at the view, and I'm like, why is he not making eye contact? I don't know what's going on. I don't know anything about this guy, and when he came to interview with us, I remember talking to Josh and Kirsten before he came in, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know Caleb that well, but I hear great things about him. And he walked out of that interview, and I was like, we got to hire this guy. And it has been one of the most incredible privileges of my work life, getting to work alongside this man. He is an incredible man of God. People who trust him do so for good reason. Um, he works very hard. He's respectful to people. He, he honors the dignity of people around him. And you guys should know, preparing for a sermon is kind of tough because— People come into the room, and some of you might be here just to see friends, whatever else, but there's some people who are coming tonight distinctly because they want to hear the voice of God this evening, and it just turns out Caleb is the one preaching, and, and that's quite a load to prepare for, and I want you to know how much he honors you and loves you in his preparation process, um, so take notes, think about what God might have in store for you as you get to hear your brother um, share for, uh, from the word for you, and just so you know, um, it's a lot. These folks that do this pastoral residency program with us, they pour a lot of their life out. And this is his second year doing this um, for you guys here. Uh, and he cares deeply for you. If you don't know him um, or, and you want to, or if you connect with some aspect of his story and want to hear more about how the Lord's been at work in his life uh, and, and maybe want to hear um, some of his wisdom and heart for you as well, um, come meet with this guy. He's paid full time for the rest of the school year to hang out with you. Okay? So give him a round of applause. I'm super thankful you're here, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Well, thanks, Jason, for that uh, introduction. Um, good evening, friends. Like Jason said, my name is Caleb, and this is my second year on staff here at the house um, as one of the pastoral residents. And it's an absolute privilege um, to be here with you tonight. Um, I recognize that you could be anywhere tonight, so I just want to say thank you uh, for choosing to be with us and giving us this opportunity to worship together, um, especially because it's a holiday. Yes, it's Halloween, so a lot of you wore Halloween costumes, right? Um, and even more, it's a holiday because it's the last day that Spotify collects data for your Spotify wrapped, right? If you didn't know that, sorry to drop that bomb on you, but today's the last day. They only take the first 10 months. So if you don't want to be embarrassed, come December about your number one song. Go ahead. You have a few more hours before midnight to toss your song on replay. Um, mine's been going all day, so I have a good number one. But 
Also tonight we have some very special guests. Um, if you have seen some older students, like a lot of older students walking in the back or maybe in the middle of the room. Uh, my parents are here. Yeah. I can't see you, but I trust that you didn't leave yet, at least. Um, but yeah, seriously, friends, if you haven't met my parents, they're right there, I think. Uh, go say hi, tell them a funny story, maybe give them a joke or something. Um, but yeah, thank you, Mom and Dad, for, for being here. It, uh, it means the world. Um, but without further ado, Jonah, right? Jonah is the greatest, one of the greatest stories in the Old Testament. And Jonah begins with a commission from God to arise, to go to Nineveh, and to call it to repentance. Jonah didn't want to do that, and so he rather headed off in the opposite direction. Um, he boarded a boat with pagan sailors to sail as far away as he could. And during that journey, the stormy seas overwhelmed the sailors, and Jonah was nowhere to be found because he was under the, underneath the boat fast asleep. The sailors woke Jonah and told him to call out to his God, but Jonah said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Friends, chapter 1 was a story of enemy kingdoms and calls to repentance, of adventure on stormy seas, and of despair and betrayal. However, chapter 2 is a story of miracles and grace, of praise and thanksgiving, and of deliverance and renewed hope. Let us pray. Father, be with us here this evening. Would you send your spirit to fall fresh on us tonight? I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of each and every one of our hearts are pleasing unto you. Amen. So friends, we pick up the story today, right after Jonah was thrown into the sea by the sailors, right? And currently, he's, and currently, he's slowly sinking deeper and deeper and further and further away from God, or so he thought. At first glance, this could seem noble or selfless. Jonah says, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Yet his desire to be thrown off the boat is to save the sailors, right? But in reality, this is the most selfish thing that Jonah could have done. The sailors so earnestly begged Jonah to pray to his God and ask his God to calm the storm. Yet we have no indication in chapter 1 that Jonah prayed. And surely, if Jonah, um, surely God would have answered his prayer if he did pray. But... Instead, Jonah would rather be thrown off the boat with anticipation of drowning and to get as far as possible from the commission that God had placed on his life. My friends, now this is surely an example of irony that we find here in chapter 2. Jonah does literally the exact opposite of God's call, and instead of rising, he decides to descend to the depths of the ocean and perhaps the bottom of the sea. And now here's the moment we've all been waiting for, right? The moment that makes this story of Jonah famous. Um, while Jonah is in the depths of the waters, in verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of that fish three days and three nights. 
So I know what you're all thinking. Um, you're like, oh, how could this happen? Or what did it look like, right? So Casey's going to toss up a photo right here of what it looked like. There it is, right there. So here we have a direct representation of what it would have looked like when Jonah was swallowed by the fish. So first thing to notice, if you can see it, Jonah is a stalk of asparagus, right? He's sitting there with this spotlight shining down on him from, I guess, the top of the fish, right? And he's sitting on a boat that has been shipwrecked that's also been eaten by the fish. Um, and it looks like he's contemplating something, right? Maybe why he decided to run from God. I don't know. I can't tell you. But friends, all jokes aside, this is from VeggieTales, um, if you didn't know, right? Maybe this brought up some nostalgia for you like it did for me. But for most of my life, this is exactly what I imagined the story of Jonah um, to be like. And I'm sure some of you thought that as well. But when I started studying this book the past couple of weeks, I was really wondering what it actually might have looked like. And here, this next slide will, will show us what it's truly like when Jonah was swallowed by the fish. So here, Casey, toss that next one up. Boom, there it is, right? <laughs> the reality is, is that we only have two verses in the whole book of Jonah talking about the fish. So we don't really know what it looked like, right? So that's why I tossed that emoji up there, right? That's not, I don't, okay, so. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. I like was thinking about that all day, okay? And I was like, this is going to get them going. And so I had like, I have spaces in my notes for laughter. So if, if y'all just want to keep, like, laugh for a second, that'll be good so I can find my place again. Um, but friends, we don't really know what it looked like in the belly of the fish, right? We could spend hours debating what it looked like or how Jonah survived, but that's not the point for today. Maybe we can put that, Josh, on the uh, list for open tables um, to discuss that. But friends, I don't want your focus to be drawn to the logistics of how it happened, but rather what Jonah was feeling and experiencing through the fish. So the fish swallowing Jonah is surely an example of God's sovereignty over nature and his power to accomplish his will. And after three days and three nights, we are told in verse 1 of chapter 2 that Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Finally, we find Jonah praying after rebellion, after running, stormy seas, being cast into the water, almost drowning, and here lately being in the belly of the fish. And now, finally, Jonah prays. Friends, this prayer is not a continuation of the story in a literary sense, but rather Jonah's prayer is recorded as a psalm. And this allows us to really capture and understand what Jonah was feeling um, inside this belly of the great fish. I called out to the Lord out of my distress. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, for you cast me into the deep. The flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. I'm driven away from your sight. The waters closing over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head and at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Friends, Jonah truly believed 
after being cast into the ocean, that he was destined for death. He surely had reached his lowest point that he could possibly go. And uh, friends, I am no longer uh, in school. If it, I am a little bit older, I graduated. And I did graduate from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, right here. I'm not going to say the tagline that goes after that. I did that last sermon, if any of you Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool, cool. I wasn't going to say, I didn't want to say it, but... Um, yeah, and I'm t- uh, my junior year was... 2020, so not that long ago, 2020 to 2021, and it started off great. I was living with my, or some of my best friends at the time. I was a student intern for the house in charge of Freshmania. Go Freshmania. Um, school was a lot easier now that it was all online, honestly. Um, I couldn't complain, but around midway through that year, um, everything changed for me. The uh, This was truly the beginning of the hardest season uh, in my life that I've experienced. And my house that I was living at in the time was robbed during our Thanksgiving break. Um, They took a lot of our things, then even ended up stealing my roommate's car. Um, That caused all all of us, all my friends, to move out, and we kind of went our separate ways. Um, I ended up moving into a house that wasn't the greatest situation. What was once a place that I was grateful for, that was full of community, turned into me moving into a house where I felt alone. COVID was still very prominent, and this did not help with my loneliness either. And if you remember back to the first week of this semester, when I was sharing a little bit of my testimony, you heard me share that I struggled with body image issues and disordered eating for a good bit of my life. And this, during this season, is where it reached its worst. And in February of that same year, this hard season had reached its peak. I remember exactly where I was when I got this text from my mom. Saying that my grandfather was taken to the hospital and a few days later he had passed. Friends, I felt alone. I hated the way that I looked and I truly lost one of the greatest human beings that I've ever had the privilege of knowing. This was truly my lowest point. Jonah, as he descended into the water deeper and deeper, his prayer is indicative that he had reached his lowest point. He was bound for Sheol. He thought he was banished from the presence of God, that he would surely drown. And he was swallowed by the great fish, and he dwelt in that fish for three days and three nights before he prayed. And friends, when he prayed... It is not a prayer of someone crying out for help. It is not a prayer of someone begging for deliverance. It is not a prayer of someone pleading with God to save them. 
My friends, this prayer is uttered by someone who is looking back in gratitude to a deliverance that has already taken place. It is not a prayer looking forward to some future rescue. This prayer is uttered by someone who is looking back in gratitude to a deliverance that has already taken place. It is not a prayer looking forward to some future rescue. So friends, why was Jonah grateful after everything that had happened, after everything he had done? Why was he grateful? It's because the same theme was present um, in chapter 1 and now in chapter 2 that God never left Jonah. I called out to the Lord out of my distress. He answered me. God was with him. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. God was with him. For you cast me into the deep, and into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall look again on your holy temple. God was with him. The waters closed in over to take, to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God. God was with him. Friends, God never left Jonah, and for that he was grateful. God sent a great fish to save Jonah, and Jonah found himself alive in such a terrifying environment that was surely a miracle that God intended as the means of his eventual deliverance. This great fish was a divine instrument to return Jonah back to the place of his commission and to take his feet and to place his feet back on dry ground. Friends, during the rest of my second semester of my junior year, I was absent from everything. I felt numb. I didn't talk to very many people. I did not do a good job as a student intern. I needed a change. I needed something different. So I decided that for the summer, I was going to move across the country and not knowing anybody to work at this summer camp that I have found um, online. I had never worked at a camp before, so I had no idea what to expect. And right, I get there, and on the first day, I meet 70 new faces, and friends, I can, I can only begin to describe my social anxiety of coming out of the situation and the season that I was currently in. Meeting all these new people all at once was so overwhelming. I felt more alone than I ever did back in Chattanooga. Why did I do this to myself? I just made the situation worse. Little did I know the Lord was working. The Lord was orchestrating this the whole time. In the beginning, what felt terrifying when I felt out of place, all these new faces, these new people, a new environment. This was the Lord's instrument for my deliverance. And friends, it's hard to fully explain the growth that I experienced over those next few months. But I developed true friendships. I experienced a community of believers like nothing before I had before. I got to work on a team that was there solely to serve together. 
I got to experience God in new ways and truly developed a deeper relationship with him. Friends, the means for Jonah's deliverance was a giant fish that could have so easily digested him. The means for my deliverance was hidden behind a daunting new beginning. Friends, how often is our means of deliverance unrecognizable and even terrifying to us in the beginning? God never left me. He worked through my experiences to deliver me and to place my feet back on the dry ground. And friends, he does the same for you. The same theme that's present in Jonah 1 and Jonah 2 and throughout all the Bible is present in our lives today. That God will never leave us. When we feel overwhelmed, God is with us. In times of depression, God is with us. In seasons of loneliness, God is with us. In our anxiety, God is with us. In our insecurity, God is with us. When we're grieving and we're mourning the loss of a loved one, God is with us. When we feel as if we are drowning and we are being pulled deeper and deeper and closer to the bottom, God is with us. Friends, God never left Jonah. God never left me. And surely God will never leave you. Three days and three nights Jonah spent in the great fish before he prayed. Three days and three nights Jonah was being taught. He was being instructed. He was given space to breathe, space to reflect, time to recognize that this great fish was God's way of delivering him. And it is during this prayer throughout chapter 2 that we see a little change in heart from Jonah. And at the end of this prayer, Jonah says, When my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord. And later he proclaims, What I have vowed, I will pay, for salvation belongs to the Lord. It is here in this prayer that we see the change in the heart of Jonah. He realizes his desperate need for a Savior, that surely he is destined for death without God. And in that moment, Jonah experiences firsthand the heart of God. Friends, how often do we think we are left behind or that God has forgotten us? But the reality is that God is so desperately trying to show us his heart. And all it takes is us just stopping for a moment, becoming aware of our surroundings, putting down our phones. Maybe it's being stuck in the belly of a fish. But to truly see that God has been there with us the whole time. God is always with us. Friends, the creator of the cosmos sent his only son Jesus to earth to become fully human and fully God. To be born of the Virgin Mary. To seek and to save those who are lost. To make disciples and to ultimately become the savior of the world by dying on the cross and three days later rising again. God sent his son Jesus to endure the pain of this world because he loved us so much and because his desperate desire to be near us. 
Friends, Jonah rebelled against God. He ran from God. He set sail, heading as far away from God as he could. He was thrown overboard in hopes of drowning to be further from God. And yet, God was still with him. Friends, no matter where you find yourself now, regardless of the trials that you may be in, through the good times and the bad times, there is no place where you can run, no place where you can hide, nothing that you can do to fall from grace. For the unwavering and steadfast presence of God is there every step of your journey. Friends, in verse 10, it says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. This chapter comes full circle and ends by God delivering Jonah and placing his feet back on the dry ground. Friends, God never left Jonah. God has never left me. And surely God will never leave you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone who is here. Um, Lord, thank you for Jonah. Thank you for always being with Jonah. Lord, thank you for always being with us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.